Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I am an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My co-host is my friend Sean. Good morning. And today we're discussing Chapter 2 of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. In Chapter 2, Fanny arrives at Mansfield Park. Mrs. Norris brings her and Mrs. Norris lectures her the whole way there. Fanny's pretty upset for about the first week that she's there because no one goes out of their way to be kind to her and she misses her home. Edmund finds her crying on the stairs and is nice to her and says, what's wrong? Takes her to write a letter to her brother, William, and we find out that William is her favourite brother. He's the eldest. Her cousins mock her education. The maids mock her clothes. She's basically made to feel uncomfortable. And inferior. The only one that's nasty about it, really, is Mrs Norris. She's the very others, quick to agree with the girls when they call her stupid. She doesn't make the obvious, they don't all have a good memory like they do. She won't have a memory of things she hasn't been taught. I think it's important to note, straight off the bat, that Fanny is 10 years old. She and is a small left, child. And she's left all her family, of which she was actually, obviously, the eldest girl, and had an important role, and had a very close relationship with her elder brother, it was only one year older, so they would be playmates and support. So, of course, she's going to be lonely. And she's made to feel very inferior at the place she's arrived. It's all perfectly normal. Her older cousins mortified her by reflections on her size and abashed her by noticing her shyness. Miss Lee, the governess, wondered at her ignorance, and the maid servants sneered at her clothes. And when to these sorrows was added the idea of the brothers and sisters, among whom she had always been important, as playfellow, instructress, and nurse, the despondency that sunk her little heart was severe. So yeah, you're right. She's come from a place where she was very important. And loved. Despite her mother's failings and her father's failings, her brothers and sisters loved her. And now she's been made to feel small. Inferior. Ignorant. And on top of that, she's got the sense of guilt that comes with not feeling grateful. So Mrs. Norris spends the whole ride telling her how good she should be. And her consciousness of misery was therefore increased by the idea of it being a wicked thing for her not to be happy. Really loathe Mrs. Norris. She does not have any redeeming features. features. No, she has none. You've got Edmund realising that she hasn't been able to write a letter home to her brother because she's got no paper and ink. Paper would have been expensive. And she would not have wanted to have asked for it. She's almost appalled when he says, my uncle will frank it. Because she doesn't want to put him at any expense. She knows they're already put to an expense, which must be quite minor, quite frankly. For them, yeah. I'm appalled but not surprised at how badly both the governess and the servants treated but not surprised because you can still be a snob absolutely whatever rank you're in absolutely. you can still be a snob it's that guilty pleasure of being able to look down on somebody else when you already think yourself a fairly low downstream you always want to be better i think that's a good argument for mrs norris potentially too she's probably the lowest in the household and now she's got someone she can put below her and yet really she's nothing more than a family dependent but she's made herself useful by basically dominating Lady Bertram, or, or she's been allowed to, 
because Lady Bertram's just abrogated all responsibility. Back to the post thing. Yes, she doesn't want to put anybody out and she doesn't want to cause any expense. But the interesting thing about post at that time is people paid when they received mail. And so her uncle franking it means that he can put a specific, uh, like a postage stamp on it because he's a member of parliament. And that means that William won't have to pay to get her letter. Yes, because this is the days before stamps were first introduced. I wonder why they did it that the recipient had to pay. Maybe in case your letter got lost? Or did you each pay a bit? That way the courier, in theory, would be guaranteed payment. Or rather, guaranteed delivery. Because if they paid them before they left with cash, you couldn't guarantee the letter would go. You know, would they abscond with the money? People so untrustworthy. That introduces William as elder brother and how beneficial Sir Bertram is to all of the family, all the boys. Because it says quite clearly there, doesn't it, about not helping not only William, but also all of the children. Sir Thomas assisted Mrs Price liberally in the education and disposal of her sons as they became old enough for a determinate pursuit. And Fanny, though almost totally separated from her family, was sensible of the truest satisfaction of hearing any kindness towards them. And talked about liberally, which means he didn't begrudge it. Nobody seemed to think of her ever going amongst them again, Mm. even for a visit. Nobody at home seemed to want her. Poor Fanny, she's just been abandoned. There's a lot of hate for Fanny, but this is a chapter where you can really feel sympathy for her and you can see the basis of her character. She's been dumped in a family where she's not seen of much use. I think the problem is so often here, what you have is you have a story which is made into a film. But in the film, really, they concentrate on the so-called romance part. So they don't actually see what makes Fanny into Fanny. You don't really have much exposure to what essentially is a neglected and abused childhood, psychologically abused from Mrs Norris. A child who's been separated from everything that she knows. I think the films are really quite misleading for that purpose. And we like, you know, strong heroines now, and we're very much into, you know, girl power and things so we see this what we think of as a very mild meek female as a very weak character she's actually I think sometimes played more weakly than she really should be because she's got a lot of strength of her convictions throughout hate is a strong word is that a word despise maybe insipid is a word that is used to describe Fanny a lot one of the things I found interesting is that Edmund starts to care for her. Her countenance and a few artless words fully conveyed all their gratitude and delight, and her cousin began to find her an interesting object. Right at the beginning when she first went there, they actually found her a pleasing countenance expression. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't an unattractive child, she just wasn't dynamic in the way that the other characters were. I wondered if it was her sort of hero worship of Edmund that makes him start to take notice to her, or whether it's actually that she starts to express herself and he goes, oh, there's a person here. I don't think you can underestimate the impact of hero worship. He's the younger brother. Tom's the one who's out there charming the living daylights out of everybody. We get quite a clear picture of Tom early on. He was just entering into life, full of spirits, and with all the liberal dispositions of an elder son who feels born only for expense and enjoyment. And that's common, isn't it? 
He does grow up eventually. It just takes him a long time. For a long time, of course, he doesn't have a role. You know, a lot of people in his position, they're basically waiting for their father to die. Which is a horrible position to be in. That's right. He was very lucky. Sir Bertram, actually, I think was not a bad father in the scheme of things. Julia and Mariah come to their mother to tell her about how terrible Fanny is in the schoolroom. Her mother doesn't say anything. It's their aunt that responds. And she says, you must make allowance for your cousin and pity her deficiency. Not everyone can have such a good memory as you. The ridiculousness. They haven't gone. She's had a very different education from you. She'll catch up. Also, she's two years younger than you. And, let's be honest, they wouldn't last five minutes in her place. And the stuff they talk about is so pointless. I know. <laughs> the Roman emperors, heathen mythology, metals, semi-metals, planets, and distinguished philosophers. Okay, admittedly, I did classics, so some of that stuff is relevant to me. But how is this useful knowledge for the general populace? I did like the idea of um, Ireland being the Isle of Wight. <laughs> but, of course, for somebody living in Portsmouth, the island is the Isle of Wight. So they might say Ireland, Ah. but actually she would hear Ireland. And we find that Lady Bertram has started using Fanny as she ends up in her role, ends up being, I've always found her very handy and quick in carrying messages and fetching what she wanted. Very nice little sort of messenger girl. I really feel for Fanny. It would be very hard. If you actually watched a, a Mansfield Park go over six episodes like we, we were privileged with the Pride and Prejudice, you'd see an awful lot more of this background to understand where she came from. I mean, it does kind of skip over her childhood. In the beginning, there's very little dialogue, isn't there? That's the whole thing. Is you, you're getting the background story in the beginning. Because it skips five years. In Chapter 3, she's 15. Yes. Edmund doesn't seem quite so boring at that time either. He's enjoying having this sort of project He's like, I can give you great books to read. Yes. And I can talk to you about them. Yes. And he helps form her mind. Yes. I don't believe, as some people might say, that there was any intention to do anything more than, gosh, I've got somebody I can talk to. There's 10. Yeah. He's only 16. Because I imagine he doesn't have anyone much to talk to in his family either. No. Because his older brother's too busy enjoying himself and pretty well just all about sport. His sisters are a bit vapid. Well, his sisters are very much product of their upbringing. I have absolutely no issue with Sir Thomas basically not being involved with his daughter's education because that wasn't the role of the father of the house. With Lady Bertram as a mother, they're lucky they got Anything. educated at all. Except one has to wonder whether if Mrs Norris hadn't been there... Because first chapter, really, the argument between the three sisters was caused by Mrs. Norris. Mrs. Price would have, as it were, apologised and buried the hatchet if it wasn't for the fact that Mrs. Norris was so nasty about her decision and largely, I think, because she felt it would reflect upon her own opportunity to get married. And she was married at that point. And that is our summary of Chapter 2 of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. If you'd like to join our group read, please contact me. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. 
Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!